Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Goki, and you're listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. I could believe that there is no God or that it's just this existential nothingness that we all disappear into. Um, or I could believe that there truly is a loving God that is right here, as near as the breath I'm breathing right now. Thank you, Mr. Danny Goki, for the introduction. You can hear my conversation with Danny at onfaithsedge.com slash 33. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 33. That's for episode 33. Well, hello. Welcome to the 75th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. Today's guest is the very talented singer, songwriter, and author, Stacy Frenis. A lifelong love of words and music has led Stacy to cultivate songs and stories into something strong and beautiful and brave. This UC Berkeley graduate, mom, and former English teacher has enjoyed successes she hadn't dared to dream. Her acoustic folk pop songs have inspired not only audiences at her concerts all over the country, but millions of viewers on major network shows such as The Biggest Loser, America's Next Top Model, All My Children, and Nashville, as well as nationally released feature films. On today's show, we discuss Stacy's newest CD, Unpathed Waters, Undreamed Shores, and it is really, really good. My favorite song off that CD is a song called Storms, and uh, there's a really cool story behind why she wrote Storms. It's a hauntingly contradictory song, the song Storms. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, the passion behind her book, Flourish, how her life was, was changed by an invitation by her PE teacher to a Young Life Christian camp, and her questioning of the goodness of of God. After hearing storms from your newest project, Unpathed Waters, Undreamed Shores, I really knew I wanted to have you on the show. Let's talk about Unpathed Waters and Undreamed Shores. Why did you do this? Uh, why did you do this project? This album um, came about four years after my my previous record, which is kind of a long time between recording and writing music, but. Um, you know, it, it came after some pretty difficult hardships and life changes. And, um, and it just, it was one of those projects that came to me almost fully formed. Um, and that's never really happened before, but I saw a metaphor of moving waters, you know, almost like a river that sort of moves on its own path at its own speed and, um, toward this end destination that you can't really see if you're just sitting on a boat on a river, but, um, I saw very clearly that that's what one's life really is, um, is this um, this constant motion toward a destination and around various bends and down waterfalls and around, you know, meandering curves. And um, just this very rich metaphor came to me in the form of this idea of a river and how it takes us to through unpassed waters to undreamed shores. And um once I had that title and that concept, the songs just started like really coming and growing out of that. And so I actually had the the title and the fully formed idea for the whole album as a theme before I even wrote a single song, which is unusual. Um, but it just seems like the right time to start 
processing some of the things that I had been through and some of the ideas I wanted to convey uh, musically. Why was it four years between projects, Stacey? Uh, you know, life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy thing called life. So. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, it was, there were some big family um, hurdles that we were dealing with, some struggles that we were going through. Uh, my dad passed away in that time frame. And then um, very soon after that, my brother also um, passed away um, about a year after my dad did. Um, mm. And my dad had um, very, um, he had stage four lung cancer when it was first diagnosed. And it was such a quick passing. Um, there really wasn't you know, much time to kind of process that or deal with it. So kind of the whole family just sort of rallied around um, really his final days. It, after his diagnosis, he went, he died within three months. And so there was a very, um, yeah, just, just kind of a, we kind of, you know, circled the wagons around this, this very tragic, hard thing. And then, like I said, soon after, about a year after that, my brother passed away of a sudden heart attack and um he was only 52 at the time and um yeah it just seemed like a really long season of just of grief and of asking those hard hard questions like why god you know why now and why him and why this and um those kinds of things and you know when you're walking through something that's really hard like that, at least for me anyway, I have to get a little, I have to get a few steps beyond it to be able to um, make it into anything beautiful and artistic, which I wanted to do. So when did you know, when did you know the time was right to do Unpathed Waters on Dream Shores? Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was standing in my kitchen about a year and a half ago now. Um, and uh, everyone had left the house and I was just drinking a cup of coffee, I think. And, um, and I remember thinking just one of those like quick sort of prayers that you almost think, but you're, you're not saying it out loud and it's not even a conscious thought, but I remember thinking, Oh, I just like, I hope there's not another hard, really hard thing down the road. You know, I hope there's, I hope I've gone through the worst of, um, some of these difficult times now. And I hope, I kind of was saying, I hope the rest is just smooth sailing, you know, <laughs> knowing that, of course. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, it was like there was almost laughter in my spirit, you know, because I thought, oh, there's no way it's all going to be smooth sailing. There's there's, there's going to come other things. But, um, but in that moment, just that moment of wishing for all, for everything to be smooth, I realized that, that this, this, you know, the human condition is never going to be that way. It's never going to feel like that. And um, as a result, I wanted to write about that. I wanted to write about what it meant to lean into those changes, even the hard changes, as opposed to constantly being fearful of them. And to say, and I felt like that was the right time to do it after coming out of some difficult, narrow, hard passages, uh, if you want to kind of stay with the water metaphor. Um, that's a good time to look back and do some reflecting, maybe before the next storm hits. Talking about storms, the song Storms is really what hooked me into uh, wanting to have you on the show, Stacey. Uh, it's hauntingly at odds with itself. Uh, when you hear this song, it is, uh, I don't want to say contradictory, but 
but you are wishing storms among uh, for the people you love in this song. Uh, it's Stacy. It's a really good song. What what is the story behind Storms? Well, you 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 hit the nail right on the head that it that it's um it's a deep seated contradiction. Um, as a mother, I have always, like any mother, wanted. I have two children, and I've always wanted. You know, I say things to them when they go out the door the way most moms do, which is grab a coat so you're not cold or um, be careful, um, you know, make good choices, uh, drive safely, um, you know, all those kind of cautionary things we say as parents to our children. Um, And, you know, it occurred to me as our family has gone through these really tumultuous uh, deaths in our family and, and a few other things as well, it has occurred to me that that we have developed deeper roots as a family, you know, just toward each other, deeper, a deeper sense of love, a deeper sense of belonging to each other. Um, I think we've developed a deeper sense of knowing that the time is short. So let's appreciate each other and let's show each other love in deeper, more significant ways. And I realized those things came out, those things got developed in the darkest, hardest, season we've ever passed through as a family. And as I thought about my kids, you know, I I want them to be, um, I want them to be patient and kind and merciful. And I want them to have grit and strength when they go through life. And, you know, those don't, those things don't get developed just on sunny days when everything's going well and everything's going your way. You you don't have to um, develop those characteristics. And I realized that as much as I want safety for my children, what I really want for them is to develop into full, full-formed human beings that can, you know, get through life, that can get through storms to the next storm, and to develop into loving, patient, good people. It means I wish them storms. Let's take a minute and listen to storms. Shine like it's magic, some kind of wonder drug. Everybody wishes you more blue skies Like being happy is good enough My love, I wish you more I wish you storms tries to stay protected from the dangers of this uncharted life beauty is never where you expect Stacy much of your music is inspirational and and uplifting but it's not it doesn't seem to be overtly faith-based is is this by design uh, my songwriting, I feel like I never really superimpose an agenda on it at the beginning, especially for an album like this. Um, the theme seemed to dictate where the songs would come from. So what that means, I think, is, for example, a song like Storms, 
very much, you know, in my mind, of course, I, I see that there is a um, there is a God who controls the storms, you know, who who watches over the storms, who's with us in the storms. Um, there are a lot of these kind of givens that come from my faith walk, but that don't necessarily get articulated um, overtly in my songs. Um, so I, I really think about, especially in this, in writing this album, I thought about the Psalms, the book of Psalms in the Bible and how David, who's the writer of many of those Psalms, um, was so very expressive of both the dark side and the light side of um, his faith in God. And there were times when he was just despairing and in anguish and, or angry or uh, fearful. And he was so uh, honest and raw with his emotions. Um, but he, all, but then in the next breath, he would say, um, let all that is within me praise the Lord. Um, you know, and so I just think that this dichotomy lives in all of us, this, um, this ability to really experience deep pain and anguish and grief and fear, uh, but also this ability to um, turn that into praise or to, to lift our hearts and our, our sights to something beyond us uh, and to say, whew, it's, I'm not in charge here. God, you're in charge. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful project. Storms grab me by the heart immediately. Whose music do you turn to to be inspired? I gravitate toward a lot of stuff that comes from my musical roots, which is um, as a kid, you know, raised in the, in the seventies, um, I, my parents would put on albums by Carol King and Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and um, Simon and Garfunkel. And so I feel like I have this really rootsy sensibility, you know, this very sort of folk, rootsy sensibility, but then, um, you know, I'll listen to, you know, Coldplay or Imogen Heap or, uh, you know, kind of more poppy ambient stuff. So I think my favorite kind of music is, is music that you can sort of strip of all the bells and whistles and it still sounds fantastic with just one voice and one piano or one voice and a guitar. Um, so that tends to be my go-to style is just that more that kind of rootsy pop folk something you can chew on something you can feel yeah mm -hmm. singer songwriter jason gray said about stacy's work i am moved by the hard-won wisdom she so generously shares stacy what do you think jason meant by hard-won wisdom you know jason and i have been friends for many years and um that's the the beauty of being friends with someone is you you get to watch them go through life together and so I think he knows that what I sing about and what I write about comes from real life experiences and that I'm, I'm not someone who sits in an ivory tower coming up with really clever rhymes and beautiful melodies just to sort of tickle people's ears. You know, <laughs> like I think he knows that my songs and my writing come from um, things I've walked out and lived through and um, I think that's probably, I mean, I'm really grateful that he said that because it's probably the highest praise you can give someone that mm -hmm. just sort of points to their authenticity as an artist. And, uh, and um, yeah, I, I really do try to have a 
core truth I want to convey before I start writing a song. I mean, you know, Robert Frost, the poet, said a, a poem begins as a lump in the throat. And I think a song does too. You know, it begins with something that you almost can't articulate. And then the work of the songwriter or the poet or the storyteller is to, you know, chisel away at everything that isn't that thing. And then you hopefully have what emerges is that, that core truth that sort of, you know, got lodged in your throat. (laughs) Not only are you, uh, are you a fantastic singer songwriter and, and your music uh, touches souls, obviously, but your creativity has also poured into uh, your writing as well. You're the author of a very well-received book flourish and I don't want our listeners uh, to miss this little gem. Tell us about Flourish, Stacy. I mentioned there was about a four-year gap between my last album and this current one. Well, in that gap, I started doing some blogging and writing, and um, I've always loved words. Ever since I was a little girl, I, I would write in my journal. I would write poems to you know, the people I loved and I would write stories. I wrote a whole novel when I was in the third grade. (laughs) Um, I love writing. And so it feels kind of like therapy for me at times. And I think during that um, time after my dad's passing, it felt really great to sit down and just write and really pour my heart out. And what I discovered in that time was that the very gift that I shared with people, which was my writing, my songs, um, was also kind of healing me and bringing me back to life. And um, that clicked something in me about our gifts, about creativity, because I realized that, that, you know, we often, especially if we grow up in the church, we get, we get taught that our gifts are to be shared with others and to be to be of um, service to others and a service to the church. Um, But we don't often think of our gifts as, self-care, you know, taking care of ourselves and healing ourselves. And I, I experienced that firsthand um, going through some difficult times is that if I were sitting down to write about it, or if I sat down to write a song about it, I found that that by the end of that song or the end of that writing session, I felt healed. And I felt um, at least in some ways that there had been some clarity and illumination happening in my mind around that subject. And it got me thinking about creativity. So I began writing little, uh, just little chapters, little thoughts about creativity. And I started interviewing some of my friends who were who were um, creative people in different mediums, um, dancers, uh, painters, um, sculptors, uh, authors. And I just kind of probed them about the creative process and um, what it looked like for them and how they felt connected or not connected somehow to the world more through their gifts or to God through their gifts. And it became a fascinating uh, research topic for me as well. I did a lot of research about this and um, I ended up writing a book about my own creative process, but also um, that contains just some insights and tips and thoughts on how to nurture a more, I had never written a book before. So I was incredibly intimidated. I thought, look, I, I can write a, I can write a song. I can write a poem. Those are all single page efforts, <laughs> yeah. but a whole book felt really daunting. Um, but it, 
it was a blast. It was really cool. And I, um, I might do it again just because I, I had a really good experience with it. You have a study that actually goes along with Flourish. Is that right? I do. Um, yes. And what I discovered was after I published the book, um, I started getting different kinds of, of um, like gigs, you know, instead of just being asked to come and sing, um, I started getting asked to come and speak about this topic. Uh, I would go to creative arts, like churches that have creative arts teams. I would go to women's retreats. I would go to um, uh, like all, all kinds of different, uh, like high school, you know, college age kids that were kind of like interested in this. And I began speaking and developing the topic into like a full retreat or conference. And so, yeah, I I developed a study guide that's like a six-week study that's a companion piece to the book so that if you wanted to read the book and do a little more in-depth studying and discussing of it, you could do that with like a small group or you could do it individually. I'll make sure that we put a link in uh, today's show notes um, at onfaithsedge.com to the book Flourish. Stacy, can we talk a little bit about your faith? Sure. How did you how did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? I was born and raised in Grand Forks, North Dakota. I was a Midwestern girl, and um, my family wasn't religious in particular. I was raised Lutheran, which most North Dakotans are Lutheran, uh-huh. and um, you know went to church uh, Easter time, Christmas time. But other than that, I really didn't think about God or didn't think that He was particularly involved in my life. Well, when I moved to California. I was, of course, lonely and out of sorts and missing my friends. And um, I'm already a pretty shy person by nature. So, um, you know, add the whole like junior high nightmare of just being alive in junior high to that whole, you know, kind of my personality and having moved across the country and didn't know a soul. And I was pretty much I was I was really a basket case in the seventh grade. Well, Someone must have had my PE teacher, my gym teacher, Miss Lopez, asked me to, if I'd like to come to this winter camp, which was run by an organization called Young Life. And I said, sure. I, I had no idea what it was. I thought it might be a place where I could meet some friends and just have fun. So um, it tended, ended up being a Christian camp. And um, the evening session, uh, there was a speaker that gave um a talk and ended it with an invitation to um, accept Jesus Christ and his love and his sacrifice and to dedicate your life and heart to him. And I had never heard the gospel like that. I'd never even known that Jesus wanted to have a relationship, a lifelong relationship with, with me. And I didn't ever, I guess it was just that moment that everything sort of came alive in my heart and in my spirit. And um, so from that age, I, I gave my heart over to, to the Lord Jesus and have been um, walking with him and learning about what that means ever since. You know, becoming a Christian at, at that age, you were between 12 and 13 at, at such a young age. Did you have, a, did you have that time as a, as, a, as a teenager where you had that struggle of faith? You know, I think because I came into the faith in my teen years, it, those years for me were very rich and fertile in my spiritual life. They were full of kind of aha moments and wonderment and just um, having my eyes opened to like 
the real world, the spiritual world, the, the world of, that the Bible um, talked about. And, and I, I think I was growing in leaps and bounds during my high school years and college years. And it really wasn't until probably later in my life when, for example, some of these really difficult, dark, hard, real life things started happening in my family that, that more of the crisis of faith happened. So how did you, how did you deal with that crisis of faith? How did you work through it? Did you, uh, did you question your faith or even the existence of God? Um, I didn't question the existence of God, but there were times when I questioned, um, how can I say this? I, I questioned his goodness hmm. and that was the part that I wrestled with was, I I recognize that, you know, human beings experience pain and that that's part of living. And and we all have to go through very, you know, uh, painful or fearful or hard times. Um, And that at at the end of all of that, or in the midst of all that, I should say, it really becomes a choice as to whether we believe that God is still good, even when we can't see actual good as an outcome of this difficult thing we're going through. For example, I, I really probably to this day can't, I can't see any real good that came out of my brother having um, a sudden heart attack and dying and leave behind his wife and his daughter. Um, he wasn't a believer in Christ and there wasn't any kind of rich spiritual um you know legacy that that he left to his family and not a lot of hope in his life during his lifetime. And, and so it was hard, you know, to see his death as anything as bringing about anything good. And yet, you know, there's this choice that we have to make. um, And that's what faith is. I mean, faith ultimately is a choice to believe that God is good, that God, um, you know, it's the substance of things we can't see yet. It's the evidence of things unseen and the substance of things hoped for. And I hoped God was good. I hoped um, that good would come of that. I hoped his family would be all right. I hoped um, all of those things. And um, so, but there, in the, there were times when I really wrestled. I, I remember one time um, my dad in the middle of kind of losing him to this cancer, there was a tiny little uptick in his, in his prognosis and things were looking okay. And I found an email about a year after he died, I found an email from him that said he was right in the middle of that three month um, hard time of dying. And his email said, I had a really good day today. I I think things are going to be better. It just feels like I'm getting better. I'm, I'm very hopeful. And I remember hanging onto that email for dear life when I read it. And thinking, yes, this could really all change. It could all turn around and mm-hmm. God could heal him. And um, reading that email in hindsight was heartbreaking because I realized I chose to hope just from that email. And that hope probably got me through another few weeks of the horror of his chemotherapy and his suffering. And um, and so hope is a choice. Faith is a choice. Love is a choice. I mean, these things are choices. And um, and at the end of the day, we don't really have guarantees all of the time, but we do have the will to choose. And that's, I think, where I had to work through to a place of saying, 
Hmm. Yeah, I I could believe that there is no God or that it's just this existential nothingness that we all disappear into. Um, Or I could believe that there truly is a loving God that is right here, as near as the breath I'm breathing right now, and who offers comfort and peace in in the most troubled times. And when you make that choice, it's like the the light switch comes on, and you. I mean, I um, I began to experience those very things, that peace that passes all understanding, that comfort that defies logic in such a hard thing. Stacy, typically the last question that uh, that I would ask you. Uh, during our conversation is what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God, but Mm -hmm. you just answered it beautifully. The project is Mm -hmm. unpathed waters, undreamed shores. And I challenge you to listen to Stacy's storms and not want more from Stacy Frenis. Stacy, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you. God bless. Stacy's website is stacyfrenes.com. That's S-T-A-C-I-F-R-E-N-E-S.com, stacyfrenes.com. Her CD, Unpathed Waters, Undreamed Shores, and her book, Flourish, are both available on Amazon.com. Of course, these links, as well as all the other links, can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 75. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 75. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to Stacy Frenis for being with us today. And thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you. And so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us and we would love to hear from you.